Reflection, Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Daisy. Hi family, welcome back to another intrapersonal commentary on matters related to the Word of God. I thank again our anonymous piano player who has blessed us throughout this series and previous ones with her talents on the piano on the podcast. This season we are unpacking character building ideas related to the Bible itself, its proceedings, its benefits, its reliability. This would be a good opportunity to remember that these series are not for the faint-hearted. These are rather for those willing to give the Bible, God's Word, a good try. We are not here, at least not right now, to justify the Bibles externally in its content, but to dissect it internally, in its meaning, in its consistency, in its entire value as God's inspired Word. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever challenged a figure of authority, like a teacher, a policeman, maybe a church leader, or maybe even your parents? Uh, it will be safe to say that a lot of people today have the idea that being under some sense of authority is not the most attractive idea. Think about it. Who likes to do or be submissive to someone else's mind? The millennial culture in particular, to which I do subscribe, has a tendency to be freelancing around the world with the idea that everybody has the freedom to do as it pleases and as the senses demand. I, I recall one of my university professors sharing the idea that most people are psychologically repressed because they have not liberated the inner self of engaging into whatever they desire, whatever that self desires. Think for a second of the dangers of such a premise. If in my senses I get angry with my wife today and I don't want to be with her, well then I go and find somebody else right right, right now and right, right here. If my children are annoying me today, I kick them out of the house. It doesn't matter how old they are. I'm just sick of them and then I go out to maybe even make more kids. If my neighbor or co-worker is unpleasant, I then go out of my way to make their life miserable if I so feel like it. So if I, if I feel like divorcing, if I feel like um, kicking my children away from the house, if I feel like slapping my neighbors, being ill-mannered towards my maybe my co-workers or my bosses, who are you to tell me that I shouldn't do that? Who, what authority do you have to tell me that I shouldn't be doing that? What moral standard are you living by, but the one that society gives us or by the one that somebody else is instilling you? The idea is, what authority do you have to prevent me from doing how I feel? Today, many are subjected to our civil, statutory, and federal authorities, not because they believe in the system or agree with it, but because they are fearful of getting into some kind of trouble. The question is, can the same happen to us as we approach the Bible? 
is this life approach transferable to the Word of God and is it healthy for you? I hope that you can see what I'm trying to share here with you. The idea of authority as being something necessary, some kind of guidelines and principles that are necessary to provide some kind of order. And if we don't have that kind of order, well, we will be living some chaotic lifestyles. We will be in some kind of chaotic society. So why is it that we tend not to be wanting to be submissive to figures of authority? The answer is back in the scriptures. After God created this earth, as we find the story being told to us in the book of Genesis in the first few chapters, we have the story where Adam and Eve fell as they questioned the authority of God himself. So they fell in their human standards. They fell because they didn't agree on the authority of God. Think about it. If there was a submissive acceptance to what God had said, Adam and Eve would not have taken part of what the devil offered to them, regardless of the circumstance or the consequence or what they might think that they were missing. By the way, they were not missing anything. If anything, they missed everything. And today we are in the situation we are right now. This problem of sin and the undermining of authority goes back even to where sin originated. It goes back to the heart of Satan. You see, the devil's position is that of questioning God's authority. The Bible says that he wanted to be like the Most High. He could not bear the idea that someone else could be above himself. A key aspect on these reflections is that nothing has changed. Yes, as a human race, we keep on falling to this question of second-guessing God's authority. Some of us even triple-guess it. Think about it. Just like we need some structure and some regulation in our society. Just like we were in need of authority then, back in the Garden of Eden. So today we are in need of authority in order to maintain a sense of identity and of integrity. As you analyze the success of the people, of the nations, of organizations, none of them, those who are successful, that is, none of them became what they are without some fundamental authority. Think about it. Even you who is listening have been influenced by some authority or lack thereof, either at home, at school, uh, or even in your community in general. Without authority, it's difficult and sometimes impossible to resolve internal conflict as well as external conflict. Theologically speaking, the same phenomena occurs. Without authority in the church, the same issues of disorganization that are faced when addressing issues related to truth and heresy remain. In the words of Frank and Michael Hazel, in their book of How to Interpret the Bible, they say, The authority dilemma is at the heart of theology's modern crisis, dwarfing all the issues that face Christianity. In Christianity, authority influences our worship, our preaching, our mission, our theology, and our ethics. So, matters related to hotly debated issues could be answered by means of God's authority. So, what is authority? And more so importantly, what is biblical authority? According to the dictionary, authority is derived from the Latin word autoritas. And it's used in reference to the reputation and capacity of someone to exercise some kind of influence. In order for this to happen, there needs to be some level of 
superior authority, some level of excellence, some level of higher standard given. When speaking of the Bible as having authority, we refer to the idea that there is superior capacity to command us to some kind of obedience. So, when speaking of the Bible as having authority, we refer to the idea that there is a superior capacity to command on what to do, to command on what does obedience looks like, and how this obedience will be judged and dealt with. The authority can only be accepted, though, if we accept the Bible as God's word. If you have listened to the previous three episodes on this series, you will find that indeed the Bible is the Word of God, and therefore it has the authority here spoken about. The Bible not only has the ability to have this authority, but we could argue that it has the right to do so, to express commandments of life and living, to determine and judge the validity and righteousness of our faith in the way we practice it. Fundamentally speaking, we cannot accept the Bible as the Word of God and at the same time deny its authority to question what we do and then direct us on the best pathway to life and its principles that can guide us in questions that we might find difficulties because by default, if the Bible is the Word of God, and so I believe it to be, it has superior ability to prescribe about culture, personal experience, own subjective reasoning, tradition and non-biblical moral standards. Here is a key factor. Any discord, either surrounding church standards or personal differences related to biblical matters tend to arise as a result of various priorities we give to those aspects mentioned. For example, let's make it practical. Some churches want to have three songs before divine services, whilst others only want one, and yet some others don't even want any. And they just go ahead with the sermon. Depending on the way things have been done over decades is the way that most people will feel comfortable doing, regardless of whether it's relevant to their time and place. Some people even believe that such things are matters of consecration and submission. That is, if we don't do things this way, we're falling away from the standards of Christianity. And you know, in some cases, perhaps in many cases, it may be so. But there are matters that will not be as relevant if we were to sit and reflect those points of tension in line with the authority of the Word of God. Think about it. Many of the hot topics today in Christianity will be clarified if we were to dissect them in line with the authority of the Bible. Matters related to abortion, homosexuality, gender dysphoria and related topics, evolution, science and even the role of free will in the submissive mind could be explained easier in the Christian world if we believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that by default, then, this Word of God has authority over such matters that are practical in life and matters of conscience. Someone once said that the priorities of submission to authority should be based on hierarchical structures where God, and by default, His Word, comes first. The land authorities come after, and then everything else proceeds. I, I do subscribe to that idea of God being first and its authority is to rule my way of living. After this, I do listen to the authorities of the land, for this is where, you know, God has appointed people to lead us. After all, God himself so describes in Romans 13, 1, saying, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. 
For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are pointed by God. Jesus himself was submitted to the authorities of the land because he was in submission to the authority of his father who allowed for the reality of his time to take place. We find this in John chapter 19 verse 11 where Jesus says, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has greater sin. Yes, a time will come when God will depart from influencing the authorities of the land and in such a way that all control will be taken by the powers of evil due to the rejection of God's counsels over and over again. And when that time comes, the decisions between following the authority of the Bible and declining to obey the authorities of the civil land will play a role in the final chapters of humanity as we know it. But for most of us, right now here is not the case. In all cases, according to the Apostle Paul, the Bible remains as the oracles of God, as the Holy Scriptures. For Jesus Christ, the Bible is indeed the Word of God, Himself represented in them. Its authority remains established by the same Christ, God Himself, who rebuked the devil with an it is written. But how can this be? How can the Bible have such an authority? Well, we finish where we started. The Bible is the Word of God. Because it is not a mere human representation of a human mind, but an inspiration given by God to man. Second Peter 1, 20-21 says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of a scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So, my Adventist Reflections family, what is the bottom line here? Think about it. It's simple. Either the Bible is God's word and by default has authority to tell us how to live, how to worship, and the pathway to think righteously. Or the Bible should not be given the authority to our behaviors and the decisions that we take. And therefore, by doing so, we deny that God is in the word of God and that the Bible is God's word. Ultimately, submission to authority is not bad. Not as bad as the world depicts it and our human instincts try to push back. Even Christ was submissive and listened to the authority of the Father despite the fact that he was equal with the Father. John 5.30 says, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of my Father who sent me? Who is your primary authority of life and living today? Is your will in submission to God, to His Word? I certainly hope so. I am Dr. Dancy, and today I choose to love God by seeking not my own will, but the will of God as found in the Bible, His Word. How about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.